Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the midweek edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you. Believe it or not, we are in December already, and it just feels very strange not to have hockey going on right now in December. And, you know, I was on the Islanders website looking it over, and always, you know, when I was at the press box at different Islander games, they'd always have advertisements on the scoreboard and advertisements on the uh, website about ticket packages. Hey, you know, get five games. One of them will be against the Rangers. Get the division rival pack. We'll throw in a game against the Stanley Cup champions. None of that on the website now. Yeah, there are different offers being made, but, you know, there's no schedule yet. There's no games that uh, tickets can be sold for, let alone once they have them. We don't know with COVID who will be able to attend. So just, again, another example of how things are a little bit different and a little bit strange this year, but hopefully that will all come to an end. We have a lot to get to on today's show. We'll talk about the uh, league's negotiations regarding getting started. Still looking at January 1st officially, but I'll tell you why I think that may not actually happen. We'll talk about some of the Islanders' prospects and how they're faring right now this season, both in the juniors and in Europe. We will take our Islanders' birthday of the day, a former first-round pick whose career tragically ended early because of injury, and we will also discuss uh, a little bit about the Islanders' system and why it has some people concerned heading in to the upcoming season. Now, if there's something Islanders related that's on your mind, please feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also contact us uh, via Twitter and follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So let's start out with what's going on league-wide. And the NHL still hoping to begin the season on or about January 1st. But you know what? Right now... That is less than a month away. And whether or not the NHL will be able to pull that off, uh, 
really looking less and less likely because time keeps ticking and it seems like both sides are digging in. And look, there was a six-year collective bargaining agreement that was reached and agreed to over the summer. And part of that agreement took into consideration the whole situation with COVID-19. And the union agreed they were going to have a 10% salary deferral with an escrow capping at 20%. And that money was agreed to be paid in three equal interest-free installments back uh, October 2022, 2023, and 2024. But now, the league, after that agreement was signed, as we're getting ready to try to figure out this season, the league is now reportedly asking the players to defer 20% of their salaries and to increase the escrow to 25%. The players angry. It's been less than six months since they signed the collective bargaining agreement. And essentially, uh, both sides kind of dug in and there was for a week between November 19th and November 25th, uh, published reports say that Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL and Donald Fear, the players uh, association chief negotiator had not spoken. Uh, and that at least has since changed and both sides are at least talking to each other again. But look, Right now, we're in December. Uh, this show drops on December 2nd, and that leaves 29 days if you want to get the season started by New Year's, and you still have a lot of logistics that need to be worked out. Uh, the way COVID is going and spreading and, and getting worse right now throughout the country, it looks like an all-Canadian division is all but inevitable, and it also looks like the league is leaning toward, and again, subject to change until it's finalized, but it looks like they're leaning toward playing games in home arenas, probably in front of few or no fans, at least initially, and in order to reduce travel expenses and exposure, they're thinking of doing it more like baseball, where, you know, the New Jersey Devils would come to uh, the Nassau Coliseum and play, you know, two or three games in a row against the Islanders. Now, maybe with the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils, you could do home and homes as opposed to, uh, you know, three games in a row at the Coliseum or three games in a row uh, at the Rock or at the Garden. You know, all of these things can almost certainly be worked out and figured out but they're looking at doing it more like baseball does, where you play a two- or a three-game series against another team in that location. It's one of the things that they have floated. I think it's a logical idea. But, again, we're trying to figure out what happens uh, going forward. And, look, you know, depending on what state you're in, uh, it's going to depend on whether you could have any fans in in the arena and whether or not you could even play. I know, for example, the NFL has been having all kinds of problems recently with positive tests. The San Francisco 49ers, who would now actually play their home games in Santa Clara, can't play there. They have to play their games in Arizona because the outbreak in California has gotten so much worse that Santa Clara is not allowing 
you know, sporting events to take place. So a lot of things still need to be ironed out. The clock is ticking, and I'm getting more and more skeptical about when we'll be able to get this season underway. I try to remain optimistic. I am hopeful, and I'm really got my fingers crossed that we will see hockey uh, in the next four to six weeks. But, of course, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We've got a lot more to talk about. We'll talk about a situation that has a, a lot of observers concerned about the Islanders system and the way they play. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Stay with us. More to get to on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Folks, we all hit our wall at one time or another, but you can break through your wall with Built Go. Built Go is the best energy gel ever. It's from the makers of Built Bar, so you know it tastes great, and it comes in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without that same crash feeling. Plus, it's all natural, so it's better for the body. Comes in three delicious flavors chocolate coconut, peanut butter honey, and chocolate mint. And it combines energy gel with collagen protein. Now, collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast, and it's easy on the stomach, and it's got some great stuff that will help ignite your work, whether it has beta alanine, vitamin B3, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, honey, and a kick of caffeine. And collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, which means that this stuff literally makes you look better. Right now, visit BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Interesting uh, piece I saw the other day uh, by Justin Bourne, who's Bob Bourne's son, uh, writing up for Sportsnet up in Canada. And, you know, he talked about the Islanders' system and the way it operates. And, you know, again, he, he answered some critics, talked about, you know, people say the Barry Trot system is boring, and he doesn't buy that, and I agree. But here's the thing that he observed. The Islanders allow so many more shots than they take. And that really means that this Islanders team is relying heavily on getting excellent goaltending. And, and this is the other thing, and we've talked about this, you know, during the season on the show, it's not just the number of shots, it's the quality of the opportunities that you give up. And the Islanders do a pretty good job of making sure that the vast majority of the shots that the opposition takes are not from the quality scoring chance area, let's say between the face-off circles, making a triangle to the front of the net. That's the area you want to make sure they don't get a lot of chances. But over the course of the season, the Islanders were 29th in the NHL out of 31 teams uh, with their Corsi 4 percentage. And that's basically... Out of all the shots taken in a game, the Islanders had only 46.45% of the shots. Their opponents had 53.55%. So only two teams in the league did worse. And if you want a straight number, the Islanders goalies basically had 447 more shots taken against them than 
the Islanders took on their opponents. Now, break that down into a per-game average last year, 68 games. That means that the Islanders' goalies were facing a little bit more than six and a half shots more per game than their opponents. So, uh, that's a tough one, and it really does put the team behind the eight ball in certain ways. But again, one thing the Islanders do manage to do, it's the quantity is maybe an issue, but the quality has to be made up for. But interesting piece by Justin Bourne, obviously Bob Bourne's son and a good hockey writer. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things that the Barry Trotz system, uh, you know, does rely on that strong goaltending and strong defense. And now... You have Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin, no more Tomas Grice. So we'll see how the adjustment goes and how it plays out in the coming season once it finally does get underway. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And today is the 45th birthday of former Islanders first-round pick Brett Lindros, brother of Eric Lindros, Islanders selected him with the ninth overall pick back in the 1994 NHL entry draft. And Lindros was really going to be one of those great power forwards. Uh, six foot four, 210 pounds, could skate pretty well. Uh, and the thing about power forwards is they usually take more time to develop. And we've talked about this on the show because of their size and the fact that they need to be physical, it takes a little bit more time for them to uh, usually develop into, you know, to reach their prime because they have to grow into their frame and be able to use that size that they bring to the table against opposing uh, players who are now grown men as opposed to playing in juniors or in the minors in juniors, you're playing against teenagers. In the minors, again, the skill level and size level, speed of the game, not as great. So, Brett Lindros was going to be the next power forward in the Islanders' tradition. And unfortunately, uh, he only got to play in two seasons with the Islanders. One of them was the uh, lockout shortened 94-95 season he played in 33 of the team's 48 games. Then the following year, played in 18 games, suffered uh, a bad concussion, and was forced to retire after just 51 NHL games. And, you know, as an Islander fan, with Brett Lindros, you always sort of wonder what might have been if he would have been able to stay healthy and develop into the player that he had the potential to be. I mean, look, nobody expected that he would be uh, as good as his brother, who was a Hall of Fame player and had the potential to be an all-time great, but certainly there was all-star potential uh, in Brett Lindros, and unfortunately, he did not get to, uh, to realize it as a result of his injury. We're going to go back and look at a milestone game in the career of Brett Lindros, March 7th, 1995, at the Nassau Coliseum. Let's cue up Brass Bonanza because it's the Hartford Whalers and the New York Islanders. Sean Burke, the goalie for the Whale, while Jamie McLennan was in between the pipes. 
for the New York Islanders. And this one, the Islanders uh, get on the board first. It's Derek King potting his fifth of the year. Ray Ferraro and Dennis Vasky with the assists. It's 7-14, one to nothing Islanders. Later on in the period, though, the Whalers draw even Andre Nikolishin, an unassisted goal, his first of the year at 15-14. After 20 minutes, it was all even at one apiece. But in the second period, Brett Lindros, an unassisted goal, his first of the year, his first career NHL goal. It came at 6-22 and put the Islanders up 2-1. It was a tight defensive struggle, but the Islanders iced the win on an empty net goal with less than eight seconds left. Benoit Hogue from Pat Flatley and Vladimir Malikov. Final score in this one, Islanders three and the Whalers one. 23 saves for the victory for Jamie McLennan. No Islander had a multiple point games, but uh, four players uh had a plus two rating to lead the Islanders. Those players were Dean Chenouth, Benoit Hogue, Dennis Vasky, and Mick Vakoda. As far as shots on goal, the Islanders only had 20 in this game. Ziggy Palfi and Travis Green tied for the team lead with three, but the milestone and the game-winning goal Belong to our Islanders' birthday of the day. That is Brett Lindros. It was his first NHL goal. It was a game winner. And we wish him a very happy 45th birthday. Here, uh, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We will take a look at how some of the Islanders' prospects are doing uh, in juniors and in Europe. And a lot more still to come. So stay with us right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, if you want a national perspective on all things NHL, check out Locked On NHL. They'll have the stories behind the latest headlines throughout the National Hockey League. So definitely make sure to check that out. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Islanders' prospects. A lot of them obviously not playing, but some of them are, and we are checking up on some of them. And... One player who is off to a very nice start is William Dufour, who had two goals and one assist uh, playing in the Quebec League for Drummondville as they resumed their season. Now, Dufour was the fifth round pick, and he has been playing very, very well uh, for Drummondville uh, during this odd COVID season. Five games, last five games, six goals and seven points, so certainly uh, a good sign that he is off to a good start. Through 18 games, six goals, 10 points overall, and his team, Drummondville, 5-4-1 and one as of right now. Meanwhile, over in Europe, Oliver Wallstrom has returned to the lineup, and that is a very good sign. He's playing in Sweden uh, with AIK in the second-tier league there. He had not played in 17 days, but came back, had a goal and an assist in his return, a 4-1 win for AIK. So now three goals and three assists, so six points in eight games uh, for Wallstrom, and that is a big plus 
for the New York Islanders. Also, Anatoly Golishev has uh, playing over in the KHL. He has a goal and four assists in his last four games, and he is playing outstanding hockey. He was a fourth-round pick of the Islanders back in 2016. Nine goals and 12 assists, 21 points in 26 games. And remember, the KHL does tend to be a little bit more of a lower-scoring league than the minors here or the NHL. So uh, those numbers look even more impressive if you look at it that way. The Islanders also have a couple of goalies uh, or goaltending prospects really playing over uh, in Finland. That would be Henrik Tikkanen, who they drafted this year, and Jakob Skerik, who spent last year with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Now, Tikkanen was a seventh-round pick. He is now 6-2-1 in Finland and uh, is playing some pretty solid hockey at 2.55 goals against average and a 9-3-1 save percentage. His team now first place uh, in that league with an 11-4-3 record. Now, Skerik... Uh, who didn't go over to Europe until November 16th, actually is uh, earned a shutout. Uh, he was the Islanders' third-round pick back in 2018. He is now has a 4-4-4 goals against average and an 8-33 save percentage in his first four games over there. Uh, over in Sweden, Robin Sallow picked up an assist. He now has a goal and five points in his last five games. He's played 18 games during this year, and he has nine points. That's two goals and seven assists. Meanwhile, Ruslan uh, Ikshoff has now seven points in 15 games in Finland's top league. He's playing now for TPS, so seven points in 15 games for Iskokov. Gosh, that's a tough name to say. Meanwhile, COVID continues to wreak havoc with college hockey as well. Logan Cockerell, uh, basically, who, who plays for Boston University, they were supposed to play Vermont, uh, but they've had their first two games that were scheduled for this weekend postponed because of COVID, and we still do not know when they will be able to get those games in. But uh, a, a little look at some of the Islanders' prospects who are still active. And you know what? It's also just good to hear that hockey is being played somewhere. And uh, that is important. And look, you know what? If you look hard enough online, uh, you could probably be able to watch some of those games and, and, and see them. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back Friday. We drop new shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 12.25 a.m. So make sure you catch them. And if you subscribe, uh, they'll be waiting in your inbox and your podcatcher of choice. Friday's show, we will have the latest on the NHL's return, plus more information about the Islanders' salary cap situation and what to expect. From Lou Lamorello, I'm Gil Martin. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. And of course, let's go Islanders.